Welcome back to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast. This is episode 186. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We have myself, Anna, Nathan, and Ricky. And so it's going to be awesome. Uh, So every two weeks, we have a team meeting, just talking about our top priorities, mainly our top three priorities that we're going to be working on in the next two weeks. And it really just not only holds us accountable, but um, it just lets lets the team know what we're working on. So maybe we can help each other out in some way. So we just came back from that meeting and uh, we wanted to update you on a few things that we're working on behind the scenes, especially because sometimes when we're not working on a course, which we are right now, but you know, something, it's not something that you see up front, but we're working really hard behind the scenes to make your experience better here at Project 24. So Nathan, do you want to talk really quickly about something that you're working on? Yeah, for sure. So, um, for those of you who don't know, many of you already do, but I kind of oversee um, everything with our Creator Studio or Content Warrior. You may know the Content Warrior writing service. Um, so, of course, we write blog post articles um, in the style of Project 24 writing. And um, anyway, we're working on some additional uh, or looking into and kind of working on some additional services um, to, off- to offer. We get asked a lot um, about these additional things that really us as our core team, we have a really, we would love to get to everyone individually and help you individually. And we try to do that. um, But some things we just can't get to. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, we have some really, really talented people with at content warrior um, that we'd like to kind of utilize to help um, fill some of these gaps. Um, You know, or there's so many options here, but you know, things like audits, um, you know, we'd love to in the future sometime offer search analysis, possibly, um, you know, none of these things are set in stone, but these are the types of things that people ask us about. Um, and a lot of times we just simply haven't done them because of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of exploring some of those things. Like Anna said, it's not really something you see a lot of on the uh, on the public facing side of income school stuff, but it is definitely something that um, I really think and we've kind of decided as a team that could really help some members of Project 24 um, get to their goals faster uh, than they already are. So that's kind of what I'm working on aside from the writing stuff, um, which we just had a, a great content warrior challenge month in uh, September. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, quite a few of you place orders there uh, for content, which was awesome, but we're really looking forward to coming into quarter four here um, and looking at some of these additional services. And you're also busy with search analysis, right? Yes, lots of search analysis. <laughs> um, you know, if we ever have some extra capacity at the uh, with Content Warrior, or we also like to hold some capacity for ourselves, for our portfolio, I'm always doing some search analysis for that. So that's always a, a good time. Awesome. All right. And Ricky, you and I were discussing something right before this that is kind of behind the scenes, but also helps (laughs) uh, member experience. Yeah, there's, uh, man, there's always too many things going on behind the scenes. Um, And so it's, it's kind of funny. I every now and then um, I've, I've actually seen it a couple of times recently where uh, some, somebody else will say like, you've had this website for like a year. How come you haven't fixed everything on it (laughs) to a site we bought? And it's like, that's like the bottom of my priority list Mm -hmm. that has like 300 things on it. So I'll get to it, but, or maybe I won't, maybe it just will never be the priority. So anyway, one of the things that, um, one of the big things I'm working on is, um, 
a sort of a rebuild, a revamp of kind of the structure and the um, foundational aspects of Project 24, the way that it works, um, the way that, I mean, we, we added that My Story page so you could start tracking um, your progress and see how it matches up with uh, timelines and stuff. And then it kind of works sometimes. I mean, it works pretty well, but there have been a lot of glitches. And so people are like, forget it. I'm not going to use that. There have been, I think, just numerous things that we tried to implement, and then it just, we, we were trying to use maybe, um, we were trying to use a tool for it that, like a software tool that was fine, but wasn't really built for that, right? And so um, then with custom development, it's like, okay, we'll build on top of it and try to make it work, and just never, it never quite got there. And so <laughs> we're looking at um, getting rid of a lot of the, tech debt that we have where we've essentially just like built on top of old um, of software and then built on top of that and on top of that and structurally redoing mm. <laughs> a lot of it. Um, and so on the front end, you're not going to see much. You'll probably um, at some point in the next few months, you'll see a little bit of a redesign. We're going to be sort of um, freshening up the way that a lot of the things look on the site, but also fixing a lot of the underlying technology so that um Pages load a lot faster. Videos should load faster. Um, your experience within Project 24 of knowing where to go, we're going to redesign a little bit that flow so that when you first sign up and you log in, it's going to be obvious, like, this is exactly what I do. So it's like a lot of little things. And on the front end, it's like, cool, that was a nice update for us. Like, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> on the back end, it's like months and months and months of, <laughs> of work. Um and so that's that's one of the things that I'm working on. Um, I say one of because there's <laughs> there's several more that come to mind, but we'll leave it yes. at that for now. <laughs> yes. In fact, uh, something that we're trying to do to help you out is uh, we've come up with Ricky's delegation list. So right. the idea is hopefully you find some things that maybe you can delegate and we can just look at that list and somebody will take it. So I have this awesome team and <laughs> I'm like the worst. Um, I won't say the worst delegator. <laughs> Uh, there are worse I'm people. pretty bad too. Okay. Uh, we might have to duke that one out. <laughs> but like I look at that list before our meeting and I'm like, what can I put on this list? Nope, not that. Nope, not that. And then next thing I know, I'm like, whatever, I'll just do it all. <laughs> and then, uh, so I really do need to think more about that and take a few minutes and find some things to put on that list. Because I don't think I've put anything on the list yet since we started that a few weeks ago. Um, it's time. I need it's to start time. doing that. We will keep you accountable. I have delegated a few things, but I haven't put them on the list. Okay. There are some meetings I used to participate in um, that I don't anymore. Yeah. So. And you're kind of limiting like your meetings with external yeah, that's businesses, right? Yeah, specifically what I meant. Like there's people we meet with. It's like Nathan and I are meeting with someone and it's like, why am I there? If I don't have to be there, I don't. Right. Like, yeah. You know, anyway, so yeah. some of that so that I have more time for you guys. That's the point. And this is more YouTube related, but you went to a conference oh, recently, I which did. is really cool, right? It was really cool. I went to Vid Summit. Anybody here who does YouTube in addition to blogging, I actually met um, a handful of Project 24 members there uh, who started out in many cases on the blogging side mm -hmm. and are now doing video as well. Uh, it was a really cool thing. Pretty eye-opening because a lot of the speakers are uh, really big channels. They're more in the entertainment space than what we do, but... Nate and I were there and just so many things that we saw, we were like, hmm, how could this be applied to us, to informational channels, to informational content? And I'm realizing that 
there's been some self-limiting going on, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and so at first you might see a little bit of a tweak in our YouTube strategy. Um, you'll see, I mean, a lot of our YouTube system is still 100%, like all of it is still totally applicable. Um, and anything that we build onto that will be based upon the things we can test out and try. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what we can do with, because almost nobody that spoke at that conference is an informational channel that's teaching something. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we do have to take those things and figure out a, a good way to use those strategies um, in an informational, on an informational channel. So anyway, it's really funny because everybody gets up there and is like, this is how you do YouTube. And then somebody else gets up there who's also really successful and says, this is how you do YouTube. And they're two different strategies. Like yes. there's a lot of good ways to do it. Yeah. Um, and so um, I love the YouTube system we have. Nate um, drove a lot of that and it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So for those of you considering YouTube with your blog, like there's some really good stuff in there. Yes. And yeah, briefly, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to step outside of your box and maybe go network a bit, go yes. one of these yep. to these events, just learn more, meet new people. It'll spring on more ideas for yeah. you when you're kind of just working by yourself. You kind of start running into the same ideas over and over. So it's really great to talk yeah. to other people in your that space. Too. Yeah, we uh, just briefly, we had a little bit of a meetup. It was probably a month ago now, close to that, uh, where we had we had some Project 24 members come visit us here in our office. And one who is full time um, said this was the first time they had ever met another blogger, <laughs> like in real, life. in real life. And I and he just expressed how it was so awesome to be around other people who kind of understood what was, yeah, what the whole life was about. What you know, what everything, how you know how you feel, what you're going through, um, problems with content, problems with you know hosting, all these different things. It makes a difference. Yeah. yeah, it makes a big difference. And you know, even if you can't be in person, which I would say is probably the best. Yep. Um, you know, being a part of an online group or an online mastermind, participating mm-hmm. um, in communities or forums, that sort of thing, it does make a difference to kind of be active um, rather than just, uh, you know, being passive and just intaking information is helpful because you learn a lot. Um, but when you're active um, and kind of participating in the industry, it makes a big difference. Yes, I, I would love to see more of those. I mean, we had the one in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and then there was the one in, was it in the Netherlands that happened yes. just recently? Um, and the UK. And the, right? Yeah. 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 We did that. that. Was they the had affiliate. one of those before. Yes. 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 But um, the Project 24, like kind of meetups yeah. like that we've had mm-hmm. um, a couple of them, a few of them over the last year or so that they're driven by members yeah. like you who's listening. Um, mm-hmm. If you live in a place that would be a, that's, that might be a good little hub for um, people to come to. I mean, we're, we're willing to help provide resources, spread the word, um, provide information help make that happen it can be done so easily and then everybody just like if there's some cost like we just put the cost across the people that that attend and it's mostly just like let's get together and people who have something to share let's line up people to give you know a presentation and get together because meeting other people and creating those connections is extremely powerful yeah And just by the way, uh, we do have virtual masterminds every week where you can join in through Zoom. Go ahead and go to our website and you can sign up every week. I have a couple different ones and most every week I have an individual project hour, but also have different themes. And then you all have different themes every month. So that's a great way to meet other Project 24 members. Yep, very good. 
All right. And then briefly, what I'm working on right now, I think last time Nathan and I talked about Cook for Folks and mm. filming some videos and I talked about the blender review. And so just so you know, we got that done. We got three different recipes done. If you don't know anything about that, I would go back and listen to the previous podcast. So now Julia and I are working on some other videos these next two weeks, kind of holiday related. I looked back at the most popular articles uh, this time last year between like October and January. And so we're trying to make videos that coincide with those popular articles so something that we're planning, I'll give you a little sneak peek, is Julia and I are going to film, starting tomorrow night, we're going to be filming a video about how uh, to keep hot chocolate warm. So we're going to be making the hot chocolate tomorrow night and leaving it out at my house for 12 hours. <laughs> and then she's going to come back the next morning and we're going to film and see how um, these different devices keep the hot chocolate warm. So I believe we have like a uh, carafe, um, a cooler, right? Is mm -hmm. it igloo? Yeah, like a, yeah, like yeah. an igloo drink, water cooler, drink cooler. Yeah, like just a regular mm -hmm. thermos. And we're going to see maybe oh, which one fun. keeps yeah. it the warmest, it's fun. I guess. Love some good testing. Kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Story. Julia should just stay the night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. She's just yeah. So we're doing a couple different of those types of videos um, in the next two weeks. So it should be fun. And it'll add some great original research. Yeah. All right. Well, that's basically what we're working on. We told you and you asked for us to update you more on what we're working on behind the scenes and what's coming up. So we just wanted to all talk about that. All right. So a little bit of Q&A today. So we have a question or discussion from SoMe91 and they say making the first $100 a month is probably the toughest of all and the struggle is real. I'd like to take my blog from $5 a month to $10 a day. What are your suggestions? It's in the pet niche. How has your experience been? How long did it take for you to get to this transition? Certain things that I've thought of going for broader search terms, focusing more on quality content, really helpful basically. What else can I add to this list? I've gone through earlier posts about similar topics and arrived at two points mentioned above. So they're basically asking from, for feedback from the community, but I thought we could talk about this yeah. a little bit too. This is really a great question. And I, I going from five to 100, I think that's probably, I would, in my opinion, just in my humble opinion, I would say that's probably the second hardest. I think zero to five is maybe the hardest, uh, not to say, not to diminish where you are. It's kind of a joke, but I think that when we're trying to hit that next goal, whatever it is, it feels almost insurmountable uh, to, to get to that next point. Um, so my first thoughts are, you know, if you've made $5 a month, I, I would assume most likely you put ads on your website and you're earning, you know, a couple pennies a day, which is awesome. Um, or it's possible that you've started to implement some sort of affiliate strategy and you've made a couple sales, which is also great. Um, the key, of course, is more traffic. Um, at the point where you start to get that fire under you, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually working. You know, you're getting a thousand page views or a couple thousand page views. Um, you start to see that there is money to be made here. You want to kind of expedite the process. Um, and I think you have some good ideas here. Um, as far as content goes. So I would say, yes, I think you're kind of, it sounds like you're on the right track. Um, it sounds like whatever monetization you've implemented, um, 
is a good you've kind of started in the right place and now maybe the focus is back onto the content um like like you said yeah and you know things to add to the list um first of all i want to be careful to not just build something that's going to become really complicated so you know a lot of times it's like okay more content more content more content but at some point you've been focusing on content for a long time and now all of a sudden it's really hard to go back and do anything with the content because there's so many posts <laughs> to deal with. Um, and so if we're going to do more content or, you know, start going for broader search terms, let's be methodical about it. Um, the new search analysis uh, for the blogging system, you know, it talks about these picking these different categories and subcategories and figuring out where do I want to go with my website and, um, and then what's the path to get there, right? From where I am today, how, you know, what things do I add? What categories or even subcategories do I add to help broaden my niche a little bit um, to pick up some of those, uh, those bigger topics? You know, what, uh, what broader search terms or more competitive search terms can I start to pick up because I have some articles that are already winning me some authority or that I can interlink from to point people to um, this other article that would even have more search volume, but also because I can point to it and get some early traffic, maybe you could rank for now when you wouldn't have in the very beginning, right? So these are all things that we want to do to help with the traffic, but but not that doesn't necessarily mean like go write 100 more blog posts right away. Um, it means like let's be methodical and, and thoughtful about this. And then as we go, let's make sure that we're doing a good job of interlinking um, so that we're getting the most benefit for each article we write. If we treat them, at, if we treat 100 blog posts as, distinct pieces of content, then they each attract traffic from Google and that's it. But if we can link them together, if we can like literally create hyperlinks between them, um, whenever there's something related from one blog post to another, then all of a sudden we have a library of helpful content for each user on the website, as opposed to an article that answers their question. Um, when it comes to monetization, we can put affiliate links all over the place, but also another option could be maybe within my niche, there are like five or 10 products specifically that everyone should have. You know, you say it's in the pet space, depending on the type of pet or whatever, you know, maybe there's five or 10 products and that you're just gonna, and you're gonna mention them fairly regularly. Um, you might have a, a recommended tools, resources, gear, whatever page on the website that you can link to regularly where you write about these in a little bit more depth. You might make a video using them. If you're only talking about five or 10 products, it's not as hard to go buy them and show them in a video and how to use them properly or why they're the best. Uh, if you're just putting 10 new affiliate links in every blog post, yeah, forget that. You're not gonna be able to buy everything you're gonna recommend. So things like this where we can sort of simplify, keep, keep things simple, um, have some specific recommendations, and then, um, you know, ads and stuff, those kind of perform better over time. What I've noticed is like when you hit certain traffic thresholds, the, the um, EPMV from Azoic or, you know, just your overall RPM tends to like kind of jump when you cer hit certain thresholds. And it'll differ from site to site and from niche to niche. But like it, it looks as if you sort of hit a point where advertisers in the niche are like, okay, yeah, like. Um, and it's not even like they're specifically looking at your site. It could be something like, 
when they're setting up their ad, they're like, I want to be on ads that use the, or I want to, I want my ads to show up on sites and um, articles with these keywords with at least this much traffic. Maybe I, I don't know what all they're putting in when they're selecting ads. It depends if they're using AdSense or, or somebody else. But I think there's got to be something there because I've noticed that when we hit certain traffic thresholds, it just jumps. So we just need to get more traffic and that'll not only grow the revenue, but it'll multiply it then once you hit those thresholds. So these kinds of basic things. I also saw something cool the other day. I hadn't thought about Google Web Stories in a long time. Somebody in one of the Facebook groups I'm in posted about this. They said they tried to make a couple web stories, weren't very effective. Then they hired a freelancer that does web stories. Mm -hmm. And this, web, and this person made some web stories for them. And because um, Google now monetizes web stories, puts ads on them, um, their ad revenue, like they showed the graph. It like shot up. Oh, wow. Nice. I was interested to see that. Anyway, yeah. something to think about if web yeah. stories make sense for you. Um, and look, about how, look at how that would work with your ad provider. I haven't even tried it with Azoic mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't played with web stories in a long time. So yeah, something to think about. Uh, depending on your niche, if web stories are are common and they and they work well, that could be something to look at yeah. too. Something else that I was thinking about. This is something we've been talking about here at the office quite a bit. And um, email marketing. Uh, this is yes. one that, especially while your site is a little bit smaller, it's a great time to start. Uh, you know, you've gotten some good content out there. You're starting to get traffic, and you're at the point where it still would not be too difficult. Um, to implement, you know, some sort of lead magnet on some of your right. top posts and start collecting emails. And that's maybe not necessarily an immediate, you know, switch on the monetization, um, but it does set the foundation for you to be able to send out newsletters and other emails uh, with promotional offers, or maybe you want to promote a service or you want to create a service or a course or something. Um, it really sets that foundation so that when you do have 20, 30, 40,000, you know, however many page views, um, you could definitely launch a product very successfully. Right. And man, email lists are so good for affiliate products and affiliate products don't have to be physical products. Like Nathan just mentioned, like a course that you want to promote because it's, it would be helpful for your audience, but you're not either. You're not going to make it or you haven't made it right. Mm -hmm. Become an affiliate for somebody and help them out. Yeah. Email is great. (laughs) So we will Mm -hmm. continue to help you with that. Yep. Yes, most definitely. All right, uh, next question is from Barry C., and I thought this was interesting. He said, I'm feeling a little frustrated that every article we write must be about something with search volume. I'm feeling trapped by this and aggravated that I can't write about what I want to write about. Recently, I had an amazing encounter with an osprey bird eating a fish. I sat around eight meters from this incredible creature while it ate a fish. I got many wonderful photos and videos, and I really want to share this experience with my readers. My site is about bird watching and bird photography. I can't find a way to write about this that links to anything people are searching for regarding ospreys. Should I just write this article anyway and link to it from other popular posts? Does every single thing have to pass search analysis and have the potential to rank? My quick answer to this is, no, it's your website. Do whatever, do whatever you want. Um, in terms of will it be successful, um, we might need to reframe the way we're thinking about this. You had a cool experience. Like, if your website is about bird watching and uh, bird photography, uh, you had a cool experience. You were able to get really close to this osprey and take some awesome pictures. 
can we not share some content about that experience that would be helpful for a reader or might specifically even match a search? Um, you know, how to like how to get close to yeah. birds of prey to take photos and videos or whatever. And for birding as well as for, for photos, like, mm -hmm. you know, how to get close without spooking them, how to like, you know, it could be that there's a, there's, there's probably an element of luck to it too, like being in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot you can do to set that up uh, to make sure that you're more likely to be in the right place right. at the right time. Right. And you had this amazing experience and you have photographs and video clips from this experience to illustrate the things that you're going to talk about. There are probably a handful of blog posts you could write that would have a searchable um, element to them that could all pull from this experience. And could you have a, an overall write-up or even a little video where you, where you walk through this whole experience that you could link to from these posts? Mm -hmm. Sure, I think so. If you want to tell that whole story, yeah. I think that'd be really cool too. And to share all the photos from it. Um, I think that'd be really awesome. Uh, the other thing too is if, I mean, if you're open to video that supports the blog with video, it's a lot easier to make more interest-based content. Mm -hmm. And so a video that's something like, you know, how I got, I can't remember how, how close you say you got, but like how I got 15 feet from an osprey mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and photographed it eating a fish, you know, like, like that might be a pretty cool video, especially for people that have interest in that. And YouTube will push it. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and we can do the same thing on the blog. You could write that kind of content. Um, just recognize that in order for people to see it, you're going to have to link to it from, right. from other right. related content. And you say that like, well, what there's not other related content uh, to ospreys. This isn't about ospreys. This is about the, the photographing, mm -hmm. about birding, about getting close to a bird. And osprey just happens to be the type of bird absolutely you could link to it from other content that's about bird photography. Yeah. I think this is a really good question and I, I think Riggy, you addressed it really well, kind of looking at the overarching problem, like you said, kind of taking a step back. I think that a lot of people find themselves in this situation where yes, you feel generally uninspired about uh -huh. the content because most of it's not that inspiring. It's, it is, it does feel like, it's pretty regimented. It has to, you know, hit this whatever criteria. Um, they're, they're basic questions a lot of times. Um, and so I think it's a really good question about finding ways to put the kind of the passion back into the project. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I think that you gave some really good ideas, you know, and it really, again, it kind of just goes back to what what's your goal? You know, of course, I think for most people, the goal is some sort of monetization. And I think, Ricky, you gave some really good ideas, you know, c trying to find a way to connect it into searchable content. Um, and yeah, if you want to do a write up on it and link to it, then great. Then you still get that creative outlet, um, yeah. but you're still fulfilling the monetization purposes right. of the website as well. And doesn't that build EAT as well to exactly. show like, look, I actually yes. do this. Here's this yep. thing I did. Yep. I think yeah. generally, you know, wanting to share something and people to be excited and to kind of have a following, um, a lot of informational blogs are commodity um, and there are ways, like you said, like the building, the eat, make it makes it less of a commodity. Video is a great way to do that. Um, whether you're just embedding the video in your blog posts, um, using the clips or the, the photos, um, you know, starting a YouTube channel. Maybe if it is your passion to go out and do, then YouTube is a much better place to gain a following 
um, than a blog. There was an era right. of the blog, but it's it really is more of a video-centered uh, world where it's easier um, to move away from the commodity content. I th- I just want to say I think it's great that you're bringing this up yes. um, because I think that, you know, many of us start a website and it's like we see the business opportunity and then we get in like, oh, I don't want to write about this again. Or, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the, the process when even though it is the process that gets you there, um, sometimes if you feel uninspired, the process feels very daunting. Yeah. Yep. It's one of those things, though, that where it's like if nobody's going to read it, then what good is it for me right. to write it, right. even if it's what I wanted to write? And so we have to find that balance. Mm-hmm. We have to write the stuff people are searching for yeah. and then use that, you know, as that traffic comes in, use our writing to help inspire them and make help them become interested, mm-hmm. at least some of them become interested in the things that you that you know they should be asking right. <laughs> right. Um, or that you want to tell them. Like if you can build up their interest and then include those stories and stuff right then excellent um that's that's great but this is a problem that everybody has i had it when i first started i wanted to write the content that i knew people needed and nobody wanted to read it at least that's how i felt Mm -hmm. it was it wasn't that nobody wanted to read it it's just nobody knew to search for it right and so my content wasn't seen at first until i started to learn this principle Mm -hmm. where it was like nope i have to i have to find out what people are searching and I, i have to start there I would add as well, um, because this happens from a creative standpoint, but it also happens from from the standpoint of sometimes there's important content that we need on our website to help build EAT, to help like, this is an important thing to cover on the blog, even though I will never rank for this because everybody that ranks for it is like a massive website. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, this is this is an important piece of content to build my EAT, which this could fall into that, but it's not something people are searching that's fine. Like write that content, link to it from all the other places that all the other articles where you talk about your experience as a bird photographer. Cool. And a lot of those link to this, this article or whatever about it. Um, you know, talk about it a little bit on your about page. Mm-hmm. It helps from an EAT standpoint, even though that piece of content isn't necessarily intended to drive a lot of traffic from search. And I think we're all going to need some of that kind of content. I'm really excited about a project that I have that I didn't talk about earlier that I want to work on. That's like number four on my priority list, which is why it hasn't really gotten much attention yet. But I've decided that the blog and the YouTube channel will be branded the same, but will be totally different. Like same topic, but very different approach. Like the YouTube channel, I'm going to go way less on the information heavy side and focus more on kind of the entertaining connection piece and the, and the information, the teaching happens as a part of it, but it's not me standing in front of the camera telling you how to do something. Right. Even though in the blog, I will straight up tell you the answer to the question. And I actually think they'll pair together really well, but it's a little bit different than what we've done before. Uh, maybe someday I'll actually get to <laughs> take the time to do it. Um, but I'm excited for that. Yeah, it is exciting couple last points about that. Make sure that you save those videos and photos as file for later, um, just in case you need an original image rather than using a stock photo. Just make sure you save all of that. It's really nice to have and put your own work in there. And then secondly, if you have a YouTube channel or end up starting one and maybe you make a video about this and it's searchable on YouTube, um, or you maybe want to build an audience on YouTube, but you link back to this article, you know, it doesn't hurt. 
Yeah. All right. Anything else? That's it for me. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the blogging podcast and have a wonderful rest of your day. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.